Let's get to Gavin Gray, our correspondent in the UK. And there's a blame game now over ambulance strikes there, Gavin. Good morning. Yeah, I'm afraid there is, actually, Tim. Today has been the uh, first day of uh, two planned uh, strikes by ambulance services. Um, eight out of ten of the ambulance services in England are on strike. Uh, it is, of course, predominantly on pay. The government is sticking to the independent pay body reviews recommendation. It says it is going to pay that in full, but that is roughly 4%. Inflation is currently over 10%. And nurses are arguing for nearer 20 percent. They say their pay has been degraded over a number of years. Of course, they have announced a number of strikes. Ambulance workers say, yes, they believe that they should get a pay rise matching the rising cost of living. But they're also saying that basically the service is under such stress now before this strike that lives were being put at risk. And they are determined, they say, to highlight this. The problem being ambulance drivers are often getting to hospitals and then spending two, three, four hours trying to hand over a patient because there is no space at the hospital. Why is there no space at the hospital? Because supposedly of a horrid term, bed blockers. In other words, people that are medically fit to be discharged but have nowhere to go. And so consequently, people now great deal of pressure on the ministers to change their mind about sticking to the pay review uh, and the union saying unless they discuss pay we're going to hold more strikes maybe they'll put the bed blockers on cruise ships with the asylum seekers ah yes what a what a, an amazing thing this could be uh, so the government in the form of the home secretary says she hasn't ruled out using disused cruise ships to house asylum seekers saying everything is on the table. Now, you might think, well, this would never happen. After all, there are floating prisons, are there not, I think, off the coast of New York. Well, in this instance, she said it is unacceptable that housing asylum seekers in hotels in this country, when there are homeless people on the streets, is costing the taxpayer in excess of 10.5 million New Zealand dollars a day. Yes. I have not got that figure wrong. Ten and a half million New Zealand dollars a day providing hotels for asylum seekers. Uh, And she says the cost of housing and supporting asylum seekers this financial year will be over seven billion New Zealand dollars. The majority of that spent on hotels. There are currently 117,000 asylum seekers currently being accommodated. And that is set to increase as more continue to arrive Whereas, apparently, those assessing asylum claims are making an average of one decision a week. So when you've got that many asylum seekers, that is going to be a big backlog. (laughs) Uh, Boris Becker has been talking about his time in prison. Yes, so this is interesting. The 55-year-old was jailed last April for two and a half years for hiding five million New Zealand dollars of his assets and loans to avoid paying creditors. He was declared bankrupt in 2017. Uh, Immediately having been released, early release, having served seven and a half months in a UK jail, he was going to be considered for deportation. He's not a UK national. Anyone serving uh, more than a year in prison or being sentenced to a year in prison or more is immediately up for deportation. But before that could happen, he caught a private jet and flew back to uh, Germany, where he's now given his first television interview, saying he had learned a hard, painful and very expensive lesson. He's lost considerable weight in prison and said it was for the first time in his life when he knew what it was 
to be hungry. Uh, dressed for the interview in black, he said that his, uh, basically, he was just in prison and nobody. He said, you're just a number. He was A2923EV for the fullness of details. At the Wandsworth Prison in London, he was given a cell to himself because of his name and notoriety, as it were. But he said when the door slammed shut for the first time, it was for him the loneliest moment he'd ever had. He said he remembered being unable to sleep because of screams from fellow inmates who were every kind of criminal imaginable, he says. Well, he was also afraid of taking a shower because of what he'd seen in films, but he said actually in reality there was privacy, so you don't see anyone naked. And he did say he had one altercation with another prisoner, but that prisoner later apologized to him, uh, and he also received some support in the form of letters from the former Wimbledon tennis champion and fellow German Michael Stich, and also the Liverpool football club manager Jurgen Klopp. Klopp had apparently wanted to visit him in prison, but wasn't allowed for his own safety, and because the prison did not want the fuss. After 231 days in prison, Boris Becker seems to be a very different person. Gavin Gray's our correspondent in the UK. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to the parenting hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.